Welcome back, creeps. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another titillating tales. I don't know what number this episode is, but uh, four. Sure. <laughs> I think it's the first one this year, actually. Yeah, for sure. So there's that. We do have a few nice listener stories that have built up, and I feel like I might have actually lost some. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I got emails from certain people with like videos and stuff, but I didn't know whether they were like to be shared. Sean uh-huh. shared or not so um i know there's that but our spam folder has actually been acting up so like two people who we've spoken to before had messaged me saying like hey how come you didn't like read my email or whatever and then when i went looking it was actually in our spam folder so i don't really know what's going on with that so if you have sent us a story and we haven't read it before send it to us again and let me know maybe on instagram and then um yeah yep We'll read it out. How was your week? Uh, filled with video games. Good. I am so stuck on this Persona 5 game. Oh, yeah? It's really good game. I don't know if I raved about this before, but it's nothing like I've ever played. Well, it is actually like several, thing- several things that I've played separately, but this game's just like put them all together. You know, like I have to um, develop better relationships with people specific people in the game Mm -hmm. and in doing so it helps me when i'm battling what are like shadows and like bosses in the in the in like a parallel universe in this world Mm -hmm. it helps me like get skills and then like there's different personas that i can fuse together and that like increases my xp and like all sorts of things so like say for example there's this character that represents the tarot card of the chariot yeah when i fuse those personas i get more xp out of that and it helps me level up okay yeah i'm, I'm just pretending to know it, to be honest I, I really <laughs> but, but like another cool thing of the game is that's not the only focus because i mean like there's several activities they're sort mm. of like incentives to do these activities and because time actually does progress in this game you have to be mindful of what it is you want to spend your time doing like you want to create a balance because you also want to do these other activities to boost your your uh I guess personal attributes. Yeah. Because certain people and certain uh situations can only be unlocked or available to you if like for example like your charm is at a certain level. Like if you haven't yeah. gotten there yet, then you can't do those things. You know? It's really complex. It's <laughs> it's like it's like Sims uh RPG <laughs> and then it's like I I don't know, like it's it's really good. It sounds stressful to me. Oh, and but. it's like you're in a it, it's it's narrative, it's RPG, and it's uh fucking Sims. Imagine that, but like <laughs> much, but like really good music and really cool art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, little spooky update. So nothing actually has happened that I know of, and I never know of anything since our high heeled visitor <laughs> last week. But because we did a video episode. I guess it got recommended in your dad's feed because he follows the Adam and Dulce channel. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> anyway, so I walked out and he was watching like Men in Black Part 2. And I was like, <laughs> this is interesting. I was like on my way to work and I was like, all right, fair enough. And uh, he was like, that's the first time I heard Dulce telling a story like that. <laughs> I wasn't sure what he was talking about at first. And then it clicked and he was mm-hmm. like, so I guess a long time ago, well, 
when you were 11, mm-hmm. Carlos was staying in what is now our room. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he like came back from work or something. It was like the middle of the day and he lay down on the bed, but he wasn't like lying like head to foot on the bed. You know what I mean? He was like lying across it or whatever, just like taking a breather. And as he was there, he heard someone walk into the room and he thought it was you like coming in to like play a prank on him or something. And he had his eyes closed, but he wasn't asleep. So he was just waiting and he was going to like scare you as you got closer. <laughs> like. But then after a while, he like opened his eyes to see what you were doing. There's no one in the room. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then your dad has also said that like as well, because you we do have two cats, like so a lot of the noises in the house is just like as fucking mics. Um, but yeah, kind of similar stuff. Like he'll be in bed and he'll feel pork chop or Max get up into the bed. And he's like, and I'm awake because like, I'm just chilling out waiting. And then after a minute, like he'll open his eyes and there's no cat there. Mm. So anyway, that's all. I completely forgot my uncle used to live here. Well, I never knew it. But yeah, that's so crazy. But yeah, he did used to live here in the room. And he had a little paranormal experience. Oh. So it's an age old thing, apparently, that's been going on. But I think it's nice. Like, it's kind of just a residual thing. Yeah, right? probably. I'm trying to think, what did I watch this week in work? I know I watched. We watched Miss Doubtfire yesterday. We did watch Miss Doubtfire, it's a so classic. Funny. It holds up. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. I watched. I tried to watch Skinnamarink. I think that's like one of these movies that everybody's raving about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't watch it while I was in work. I, f- I feel like if I'm going to watch that, I need to be on my own in the dark, paying 100% concentration on it like oh is the story heavy no i just i was like 40 minutes in i thought it was still the intro and then i was like okay what's happening here and then i read the reviews to see like because i don't like to read the story all the time i like to kind of get surprised as i go along yeah but uh i read the reviews and it was a lot of people saying like what what is happening in this movie (laughs) you know so i was like okay i'm sure it's a good movie but i need to like give it my full attention yeah um so i changed from that to she will which was actually pretty cool it was like this uh celebrity like old celebrity had had like a mastectomy and she goes to this cabin in scotland and she's supposed to have it all to herself she just doesn't want to see anyone it's just her and her nurse and then she gets there and there's a whole like other people there and she's annoyed but being an older celebrity she came up in showbiz at a time when like i mean i'm sure it's still the same but men just took advantage of the women that they were taking care of very cool though mm. I, I really liked it it's it's a i would say a good revenge movie mm. so definitely would recommend it. and that that's on shutter i do enjoy shutter that's also where i watched the stepfather one two and three Oh. I really think we should watch The Stepfather. Okay. Even the new one, like we can watch it today, you know, just saying. <laughs> we can have a play. We can watch it and I'll watch my, I'll play my video game. Yeah, okay. It's not one that like you really have to. Pay attention to. Yeah, I don't think so anyway. I, we tried to watch, well, you watched uh, one episode of The Last of Us. Yeah. So I had actually watched somebody play the game before. I think mm-hmm. Jacksepticeye. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted, everyone was raving about The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And it do, it looks incredible, but um, yeah. I don't know. I think I'll wait, to be honest. But I was really impressed as a, like, very new camera nerd. Mm-hmm. 
I just thought it was really interesting to see like how like a simple shot like a regular drone shot that you would see in a TV show all of a sudden was like why does it feel like I'm in the game like you know mm. what I mean well yeah I think that's one of the things that they were praised on like yeah yeah so that's why I wanted the way to it was shot, yeah. just have a quick look at it but yeah we will I'm sure eventually and like as well as I was watching it I was like I've seen this before like because it's the game because of the game yeah right. almost like shot for shot mm-hmm. some of it like yeah that's why I won't be watching it um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's good you know like I feel like if it was like done poorly like zombie games gave me so much anxiety yeah just as much as alien movies do because maybe it's because there's like a sliver of possibility that these things could potentially happen and yeah i just yeah and i mean so yeah i had to walk away so that's probably like a compliment to the tv show because if it's made me nervous enough and gave me enough anxiety to want to walk away it's probably doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, I actually remember like when I watched who I'm pretty sure it was Jack Septicai, Irish YouTube. I'm sure everybody knows him. Um, But it was like around the start of the pandemic or maybe like April of 2020. Mm-hmm. I was just a little bit too close to home at that point. And I was yeah. like, I, oh, no, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, I remember that. I was waiting because I know because the shit went down in China and then it started going to, like, Europe and stuff. And I was just waiting because, like, at work, I was one of the first people to start wearing masks when we got back from our honeymoon. Oh, yeah. And then because we went on our honeymoon in February and then they put us, they furloughed us in March. So that's right. So when I came back from my honeymoon, I started reading up on all the shit that was going down. And I was like, I need to wear a mask because I don't know if it's here or not. Mm -hmm. And I was just like waiting to fucking hear that people are eating each other in fucking Italy or something. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I was just like, they were like circulating some shit about like, you know, if, if you, if you're concerned, you know, talk to HR and this and that. And I was just like. Yeah, I'm fucking concerned because the other half of the world has shut down. But for whatever reason, we're still allowed to come to work. Like, what the fuck is going on? No one knows. Yeah. Like, this was at a time when we thought, you know, pets could carry it and transfer it to people. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah. That's how we came upon Max eventually. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, they were, like, looking at me like... Why are you so fucking scared? And a week later, everybody gets furloughed. And I'm like, this is why I was scared, you <laughs> fucking idiots. Yeah, you know? it, it was funny. And actually, yeah, so we got Max, our cat. And we found him in Ikea car parking lot, car park. And uh, I grabbed him and I brought him home. I was like, all right, let me just take him home, wash him because he was filthy. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring him to the... Uh, ASPCA. Yeah, the SPCA, whatever. And then I got there and they were like, we're not taking any more animals because of COVID. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Anyway, moving on from that. Yeah. And I remember my sister was a little like, she was sus about Max because she was like, (laughs) what if he has COVID? And I'm like, well, if he does, we're fucked. So whatever. Too late now, lady. Yeah. But I I mean, he's a fucking nuisance on days that I have to work because he wakes me up constantly. Yeah. But I know the alternative is he would have been ran over because of where we found him. 
Yeah, he like lives he in would. a car park. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry if that brought back any traumatic memories of 2020, but uh, hey, we're all here. We all fucking lived it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why I couldn't watch The Last of Us. I really wanted to play the game. I still will eventually. I just, you know. Wow, what a ramble that that was. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about uh, what card we have today? Yeah, so today... Tarot card. Oh, wait, wait. One thing before we move on to the tarot card of the day, which uh-huh. we forgot the last time, and maybe the time before that, Dulce is going to be doing uh, more tarot cards, maybe not every week, but... I'd say once every month. Okay, Dulce is going to be doing uh, like tarot readings on Patreon now as well, just because... We've had a couple of new patrons lately and I want to put something up there. Um, Yeah, so that's one of the things that we're going to add on there. Tarot card readings and I'm going to be doing like little short story readings. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not putting like a specific day or anything on it, but just we will be putting some stuff up there. So yeah, if you're interested, it is only $2 a month as well. So, you know, sign up if you have it. We will at least have one video out a month. Like, of extra content. Yeah, I, like I said, it's going to be more casual, but... Yeah. Anyway. There is one thing that I want to do, because, like I mentioned before, like, the videos were like, oh, man, I want to go back to doing the shit that we used to do on our Patreon, like, the fun stuff. Yeah, we used to do funny videos on Yeah. That. So, I think I want to do something like that, or maybe, like, just loose stories. I'm going to try my best not to get wrapped up in, like, so many fucking details, because that's yeah. the thing that, like burnt me out so much it's hard as well like yeah because you want to do the story justice and you want to be respectful at the same time of some of these subject matters yeah but i'm just gonna have to i'm gonna have to find a way basically yeah like some that's what i was telling those say yesterday god this is a very rambly start um but like one of the reasons why i do the deep dives is probably because i don't actually know how to tell a story you know what I mean? Like, it's not one of my strong points. So I get obsessed on all the small details. But then as I'm reading it, I'm like, but this detail feels important to me. Yeah. You know, like, I'm glad that I know this. So I'm going to include it regardless. Mm-hmm. Whereas other podcasts, I'm saying, like, it's a good thing that they do it. Like, it's why they're so successful. They can, like, get all that information and compile it into, like, 20 minutes. And that's it. Yeah. You know, whereas I just haven't got it in me. That's definitely um, a talent. I feel like that go. That's like a skill. Yeah. You probably have to learn. And when I say you, I mean like generally you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because since, like, I've had this goal in my mind, where because I know I can very be very long winded and like wordy and shit. But I want to become, I want to develop the skill where, when I say a sentence. Every word that I use is intentional yeah. and there's no fluff. Basically, I <laughs> want to be a, a woman of not so many words. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a tarot card of the day. Okay. So tarot card of the day today is the moon reversed. Today's message. Today, rather than reacting to the events that occur, take time to reflect. If someone or something upsets you, Consider why you feel so strongly about the matter. Does it remind you of something in your past? Though it may be scary or painful to look so closely at your hidden motivations, doing so will give you valuable knowledge about yourself. Okay. Yeah. That feels like a pretty positive one, I feel like. Right? I think I think so. 
It's just more of a reaffirming card, right? Well, no, it's one of those cards that... So, like, the moon is, is very, like, reflective. Like, you have to check in with yourself, like, the way you feel, um, what your situation is. Um, like, if you like to meditate, people usually use meditation to, like, scan themselves to see, like, what's oh, yeah. wrong with them. Like, I know there's, like, some meditations where you're meditating and you're physically scanning yourself to see if there's any, like, aches and pains somewhere that you probably wouldn't have noticed because you're so on autopilot, like, yeah. busy with the day-to-day. -day. Or, like, it could be and like, meditation also helps when, like, some nagging thought gets in your head and you're like okay this is probably something that i need to pay attention to that i probably haven't because again stuck in the day-to-day -day. i know for some people if you're new to meditation or maybe you're not but one of the things that you can grapple with when you're meditating is and it's i know the message is when you're meditating and a thought comes into your head just accept the thought for what it is and just take like yeah, sort of yeah. remove it from your focus and keep meditating right mm -hmm. i find it a little difficult to do that so what i'll do if it's too nagging if it's too loud i'll break from my meditation and i'll fucking write it down because oh. i'm i'm physically taking this thought that won't stop pestering me yeah and i'm it's almost like I'm physically taking it out and putting it on paper and shoving it away from me because, and then I feel like I know I will get to it because I wrote it down. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my, like, I don't meditate enough, but uh, I have been trying to do it more recently. I like the uh, visual of like driving down a road and the thoughts are just road signs like blown by you. Mm -hmm. That's just me. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's, that's what kind of card it is. Right. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's just reel it back to why we we're talking about this. God, we're a couple of rambly bitches today. Yeah, definitely you, a reflective card. You know what might help us focus? Uh huh. Some magic mind. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, that is like, okay, I've been talking about this for a long time. Yeah, focusing is a problem that I have. Maybe I need to go and get like checked out. But when I used magic mind before, I definitely felt like it helped. Like I said, with the H.H. H. Holmes uh, episodes, like I literally was able to just sit down and plow through an entire episode. I think I had to leave suddenly, but I pretty much finished the whole thing, like writing it, sitting in a coffee shop. Really cool. I think that's because... Actually, speaking of The Last of Us, Cordyceps mushrooms, Cordyceps is the type of fungi mentioned in the last of us oh, okay. or, or like cordyceps must be a type of fungi mm. anyway won't turn you to a zombie hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of a zombie actually so it's actually let's see no cordyceps is an adaptogen that reduces inflammation strengthens your immune system and supports higher energy levels and physical endurance by ramping up the production of adp in your myco mitochondria the powerhouse of a cell. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's interesting, actually. Okay, so I'm going to look up the definition of cordyceps after the show. But that's obviously where you felt it, the benefit of it. Yeah, for in your the powerhouse of my cells. A, in the powerhouse. <laughs> but specifically when you were working out in the gym. like Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then obviously the ashwagandha is something that I've been talking about, like reduces your anxiety and all that. Yeah. 
kind of good stuff. And then the matcha because it's delicious. Mm. Also stops you from drinking an entire pot of coffee before you sit down. Doesn't like, stop you though. Doesn't stop me. <laughs> well, I haven't been using it. Dulce was using it. Yeah, you definitely don't consume as much caffeine. No. But it also doesn't get you all jittery and it doesn't. Out that's of what sorts. I like about it, yeah. And it's because it's not something that they mention in the like we have a little read through that they give us like on all the benefits and reasons why to, you know, we would want to use something like this. Mm-hmm. But what it doesn't mention is the fact that it's just in a little shot. Yeah. This big. Yeah, it means when if you're using it to go to the gym, like Dulce was, you're not getting there all like sloshy, feeling like a big filled up wheelie bin. Like a jug, basically. Yeah, because that's how I feel like when I would drink an energy drink and go to the gym. Yeah. So anyway, we would definitely recommend the subscription, like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Dulce can attest to that now. After taking it for like an extended period of time, you're definitely feeling the benefit of it. Yeah. And if you go to www.magicmind.co forward slash weekly creep, you can get up to 56% off, I believe, on the subscription anyway. So it actually makes more sense just to get the subscription, say 56% using our code weekly creep uh, at checkout. Yay. All right, moving on. You forgot what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like as well, because we haven't actually done a titillating table tales mm-hmm. in a while i'm a little bit like all over the place and as well recently speaking of focusing i have actually been like giving myself notes as i'm going throughout the week to be like oh mention this that thing that happened or like this movie for example that i watched mm-hmm. or whatever all right getting into it our first story today comes from miss random notes all right yeah this one ended up in our spam so i'm really glad that you reached out to miss random notes we talk like most weeks anyway and she was able to say Check your fucking spam folder. Because <laughs> <laughs> I sent one. Yeah. Mm. And they say, Dear Adam and Dulce, I discovered you guys when I was listening to Jim Harrell's podcast and Adam was a guest. Nice. Yeah. I found your channel and have been a loyal listener ever since. Thank you. <laughs> you and Dulce are so fun and charming and I always look forward to each new episode. Aww. As well as my tarot card of the day. Oh, yeah. So I'm really glad that we remembered it this year. <laughs> I'm just going to put like a thing on the whiteboard tarot card we'll draw one yeah maybe we should start leaving notes on the whiteboard Mm. for the video now Mm -hmm. anyway keep up with all you do i'm loving the hh home story as well so that's when we got this and actually we're gonna have a little hh homes tidbit at the end of this episode Mm. love a good tidbit so here's my story is what it says i am really bad at this okay so here's my story in 2010 my then husband gave me a laptop for christmas and while i was really touched by the gift i didn't really feel like using it I was still stuck on using my old computer with a separate monitor. Anyway, he also gave me a small video camera and I immediately started filming my cats around our house. (laughs) Nice. Good call. (laughs) Then I discovered YouTube. So I got my own channel and uploaded the silly videos I made of our cats. I started getting views and more subscribers. I was finally enjoying the laptop and my husband was happy that I was using it. He gave me his old desk and a printer with a scanner and had it all set up in the living room. Around September of 2011, my husband and I were watching a movie on TV and I got this idea for a video. I had heard a story about a Beverly Hills mansion that had a terrible tragedy and was turned into a public park. Lovely. That's what I'm going to make my next video about. Now, I had never been there, so I looked up the directions, wrote them down, and on my husband's next day off from work, we made the trip. Greystone Mansion has a very tragic history. It was built by the Doheny family, 
Edward Doheny made a fortune in the oil business. Oil business. The Dohenys were the Rockefellers of California. There's a street in Los Angeles named after them, and there's Doheny State Beach. Anyway, his only son, Edward Jr., whom everyone called Ned, married Lucy Smith. Edward Sr. gave Ned the Beverly Hills property as a wedding present. They immediately began building their mansion at a cost of over $3 million, 46,000 square feet. Beautiful, gorgeous house. However, Ned only got to live there a few months because he was tragically killed or murdered inside Greystone. No one really knows the whole story as it was hushed up in the press and there was no inquest and despite being Catholic, Ned's body was cremated. His wife Lucy and their five children continued to live in the mansion for many years even after Lucy remarried until 1955. Then the mansion was sold to Henry Crown who never lived there. No one has since. And he rented out the property to movie studios as a location, which Greystone still does to this day. It's now owned and maintained by the city of Beverly Hills as a public park. So we get there and park up on the hill, and it's a gorgeous sunny day. No one else seems to be around except for a couple of park rangers we pass by. I'm filming the entire time with my tiny camera, every little thing I can see. At one point we reach an area that looks like a side entrance to the house. A door is left wide open. No one else is around, not even a park ranger. So we walk inside the entryway. It's gorgeous with a beautiful wood banister and you can see what looks like a marble floor with black and white design. We're tempted to walk inside even more, but we didn't want to get kicked out, so we didn't. I have to say it had a scary vibe. So we continue to walk around the property and no one else seems to be around. I thought maybe there was a film crew as the mansion is used as a location for a lot of movies. Ghostbusters was filmed there and many of the Batman films. Mm. Interesting. They do tours inside the mansion sometimes, but that day I didn't see any other people. So anyway, we finished walking around the place and enjoyed the beautiful gardens and then went home. I started to immediately work on my project. I upload all of the footage to my laptop. I Google as much information about the mansion, the family, scandals, everything that I can find out about the mansion and the story of what happened there. I worked on this for months, just sitting at my desk in the living room, absorbed in this story. I even found a talented young man from Australia to collaborate with, and he added an amazing soundtrack to my little project. I worked on this story day and night. I never told my husband what I was working on. He had his own stuff he would do on his own computer in his little office. It wasn't a secret or anything. I just wanted to do something different for my little YouTube channel other than my silly little cat videos. (laughs) Those are not silly. That's what YouTube was made for. (laughs) This was more for my own self-esteem. And when I finished, I would show him the final project. So after working on this for a while and using everything I filmed at the mansion, I was still stumped about how to end it. So not to be a spoiler, the main part of the story was that Ned Doheny and his male assistant slash chauffeur chauffeur slash secretary, there were many different scenarios about their relationship, died inside the mansion. Some say it was a murder-suicide. Hugh Plunkett killed Ned, then himself. Others say it was Ned who killed Hugh because at the time they were both involved in a bribery scandal involving his father. You can look up the Teapot Dome scandal. Okay. Still, others say that Ned's wife, Lucy, murdered both of them because she found out that they were lovers. I, I was waiting yeah, for that's that what I was one. Thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one knows the true answer because it was covered up in the press and Edward, and Edward Doheny had a lot of power and clout 
Oh, the dad, Edward Sr., had a lot of power and clout to make it all go away. Mm. I looked up on my laptop on Find a Grave and found out where Ned Doheny was buried. From what I found out, his beddy was cremated his beddy. His body was cremated right away, even though he was Catholic, and he wasn't buried in the family plot with his father. As a matter of fact, he was buried at a cemetery very close to where I lived. Here is what I found that was really odd. Not only was Ned buried at this cemetery, but Hugh Plunkett was also buried there, on the same hill, just a few feet away. Huh. I hope they were lovers. Yeah. And this is how they wanted... Anyway, if he did murder him, why would the family have them buried so close to each other, let alone in the same cemetery? Yeah. This was... If they were lovers, I feel like if if they were lovers... I feel like whoever found out and murdered them would want them far away yeah. from each other as possible. So maybe they weren't lovers. Maybe they just both did something to piss off the dad or something. And then he offed them and were like, all right, we're just going to put the garbage together. Yeah. And like maybe. buried them together. You know? Yeah. Buried. Maybe. Yeah. I was fucking. <laughs> it's an awkward word. Oh, they I always get, together. <laughs> get real Southern when I fucking yeah. say that word. <laughs> they out there buried in the backyard. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this was something I had to take a video of so I could. This was something I had to take a video of the graves, they mean, so I could end my story. I didn't need to print out any directions to the cemetery because I knew where it was. I have a close relative buried there and I've been there many times. So the next morning before my husband went to work, I drove the car to the cemetery. It's less than five minutes from where we lived. It was a very hot day, but since I knew where the plot was, I knew it wouldn't take long. I parked the car across from Ned's marker, which is a very elaborate one. It's very tall and was a gift to Edward from an old church in Italy. Edward Sr., I guess. It looks like it came from an altar. It's perched at the very top of the hill when you drive in into the cemetery. And whenever I passed by it, there was a huge bouquet of flowers nestled in front of it. I filmed with my tiny camera across the lane, then got out of the car and walked towards it. Now I knew that Hugh Plunkett's marker would be only a few feet away, so down the hill I went. It was steep, but not too bad. I looked across at each marker, up, down, across. I looked everywhere, yet I could not find it. Now I had seen a picture of it, so I knew it was there, but for some reason I couldn't find it. It was a very hot day, and it was getting late, so I needed to get home so my husband could get to work. I thought, well at least I have some footage. I could just use that. I went home and didn't think about it again. Later that night, when I went to sleep, I had horrible nightmares. I still, to this day, remember what they were, but they were just awful. I had a very restless night. The next morning, my husband came into our bedroom to wake me up, and he was extremely annoyed. Did you work on my computer last night? What? No. Why? Now, I have to explain that my husband had a very elaborate setup in his, in his office. He had two monitors side by side, big screens. He had one of those tall standing CPUs and a very expensive printer slash scanner, which was on the other side of the room on a separate table. Now he had all of this set up in the room where if I had gone in there to mess with it, he would know. I never did, nor did I ever have to because I had my own laptop and desk on the in the living room and I was working on my little project. My husband walks me into his little office and right away I can see his printer printing something. So what's going on? I ask. He says that he woke up early to the sound of his printer and when he looked, it just kept printing the same page over and over again. 
I didn't understand at the time until I saw the paper. It was from the Find a Grave website. Whoa. It was printing the page of Hugh Plunkett's gravesite. Oh my God. Over and over again. Oh, I'm getting chills. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe it. I never looked up anything on my husband's computer. All of the work I had been doing was on my own laptop. I never even printed the page from the website when I looked it up because I knew where it was. So I didn't have to. I don't think he believed me. And he left the room pretty upset with me. What? He didn't believe you? You I, believe me, I feel like. Yeah, I would. I'd be like, it's a ghost in the printer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> I tried turning it off and on. But it still kept printing the same page over and over. I even unplugged it and it still kept printing. Jesus, come on. <laughs> Finally, since I was alone in the room, I said, OK, Hugh, I get it. I'll go back today and try again. Just please stop. The printer stopped. So I let my husband know it was working OK. And he just said not to mess with his stuff. Don't mess with my stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I agreed just to keep the peace. I got dressed and drove back to the cemetery again. I wasn't looking forward to spending all that time again trying to find it, but a promise is a promise. I parked the car and walked down the hill, and within five minutes I found the marker. I could not believe it. I filmed what I needed to film, and after uploading it and the final touches, I uploaded it to my YouTube channel. I never heard from Hugh again, and last time I checked, my video has over 30,000 views. Wow. So that's my story. Sorry it took so long to tell. I hope you can use it. Love to you and Dulce. Best wishes, Miss Random Note. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely going to, because I'm pretty sure we do follow you on YouTube. So I'm going to definitely go on there and I'll leave the link in the description that's below. That's what we can watch after this. Yeah, that's the first thing we're going to watch, honestly. That was a very cool story. Yeah, it was. The, I'm still believing that they were lovers. Fuck it. And I don't think it was Hugh's ghost. I think it was Ned's ghost saying, no, no, no. This uh... is where it is. That's just my own little romantic theory, though, because mm. I am a romantic at heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually am. <laughs> but as well, uh, some of my favorite stories, though, are the old uh, Hollywood style uh, stories for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. I th Maybe it's because of the American Horror Story thing. Oh, but yeah. I feel like even before that, though. It was... Anyway, very cool. Thank you very much, Miss Random Notes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You want to read the next one? Sure. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, firstly, I'm obsessed with your podcast. Thank you very much. It's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I've told so many friends about it. Thanks for taking the time and effort to put out such entertaining and interesting material. Well, thank you, Kerry, because... That's actually what we need to do. Everybody, go tell a friend. Every time you listen to this, just tell a friend. We appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to call this person Carrie Gold. Because my name's Carrie, and I'm from Northern Ireland. Yay! Hey, where the butter's from. 
You may or may not be interested in my wee story, but I thought I'd share anyway. But I actually should have read this one <laughs> so I could uh, really do ham the it nuances. Up. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably quite tame in comparison to other listener stories, but here it is. So in 1995, when I was 14, my family moved to a different house. Our new home was fairly new and modern, but too small for our family of six. My dad, who was a building contractor, planned to build an extension. But until it was finished, my younger sister, Ain? Anya. Anya? A-I-N-E? Yeah. Anya. Anya. (laughs) And brother Michael, I know that one, shared a room. (laughs) So Anya is 11 and Michael is 6. Okay. All was good until one night I saw a large black rat in our bedroom. Oh, shit. It ran along the wall and disappeared under our bunk beds. Gross. I left the room immediately, completely freaked out, understandably. Yeah. And closed the door behind me, trapping the rat in the room. Weird. He's good. Though. <laughs> no, like I felt my chair, like someone pulled my chair back. I thought it was him. Oh. Yeah, I felt weight yeah. on the back of my chair. Weird. Anyways, I left the room immediately, completely freaked out, and closed the door behind me, trapping the rat in the room. <laughs> it's his room now. The weird thing was when my dad came upstairs to investigate, he could find no trace of the rat or anywhere it could hide or escape. The fuck? My parents convinced me I'd imagine the rat and I didn't think too much more about it. Uh, I wouldn't be. I mean. No, thanks. Like yeah. A couple of nights later, when my family were all in bed, I felt the bed shake. Then it stopped. I thought it was one of my siblings who slept below me messing around, so I didn't think too much about it. A few minutes later, the bed started to shake again, this time more forcefully. Then it stopped again. This continued for about 20 minutes, each time getting gradually more violent. Towards the end, it felt like someone was holding onto the bunk bed and shaking it as hard as they could. I was completely frozen with terror. The shaking ended the same way it started, gradually, until it completely stopped. I lay there, afraid to breathe, move, or say anything, until I eventually fell asleep. The next morning, my sister asked why I'd have been shaking the bed in the middle of the night. She said that she'd been really afraid. I told her that I hadn't, that I had also felt the shaking, and I'd been terrified. Our mom overheard our conversation and basically told us to stop scaring each other and that it was all nonsense. But I do know that later that day, she blessed the whole house with holy water. <laughs> mm. Typical fucking Irish Telling. mom there. Yeah. yeah. Nothing more happened until I was about 20. I still lived at home, but I slept in a different room. One night I woke and rolled onto my side to get more comfortable. When I changed positions, I noticed a boy standing beside my bed. He was about four or five years old and had curly blonde hair. He was wearing Dunham dungarees. Dungarees, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dungarees. Dungeness? (laughs) Dungarees? (laughs) Dungeness crabs? I've never been to Dungarees. He was wearing Dunham dungarees (laughs) and a striped t-shirt. Initially, I thought maybe it was my nephew who slept with me when he stayed over. But then I realized he was completely transparent. The boy was not looking at me. He was staring straight at my bedroom door, and it wasn't until I jumped to my knees did he even look at me. 
It was as if he wasn't even aware I was there until I made the sudden movement. His head moved, not his body, and he looked up at me with a very vacant expression. Whoa. I noticed that he had very piercing blue eyes. I shouted, leave, and reached over and turned my lamp on. When I looked back to where the boy had been, he was gone. I sat exactly in that spot for about an hour. I was shocked, but not too scared. Eventually, I lay down and went back to sleep. But he just disappeared, though. Mm -hmm. Wow. In total, my parents lived in that house for 21 years. And as far as I know, no one had any further experiences. Jesus. I regularly stayed in the house on my own and was never afraid. It always felt like home. Sometimes I think about the little boy and wonder why he was so fixated with the door. Or was he seeing something different from me? Also, and this is going to sound a bit out there, but I unfortunately had a miscarriage in 2013. And sometimes I think, was the little boy a vision from the past? Or was he actually from a possible future that in the end was never meant to be? The little boy looked a lot like my daughter Violet, who was born in 2014 as she also has curly fair hair and striking blue eyes. So that's it. Thanks for reading. If you made it to the end, take care, Carrie. I have something to say about that regarding like the theory about that. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like, I I think this is like, it spoke to me when this was mentioned to me. So I know someone who went through something similar, who had a miscarriage, and eventually they had a daughter. So she told me that when her daughter was very young, she had made a comment to her and said um, something along the lines of, do you remember... um, she, she was saying something about remembering when she was in her tummy. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, well, yeah, you know, you know, this and that or whatever. And then the daughter was like, no, the first time I was in your tummy. Wow. Yeah. So- wow. Sorry. What <laughs> <laughs> the weird. fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. Throat's all over the place today. So the description that you gave, like, maybe because, you know, like... Physical bodies, I believe that they can change and energy never dies. So I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe it wasn't. I mean, it could have been. No, no, I've heard uh, similar stories like what you are saying. And yeah, like, Kerry, maybe that was one form of Violet. Like, is that what you're getting at? Yes, that's what I'm getting at. Also, by the way, I love the name Violet, Mm -hmm. actually. Uh, Dave Grohl's little girl is called Violet. Mm. That's (laughs) Uncle's Corner over here. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, because of what my friend told me yeah makes me believe that maybe that little boy is violet yeah or i mean going back to the other thing that you mentioned carrie the like what was he looking at that he was so fixated on the door but maybe if he jesus i don't know like who lived in that house before or anything like that but yeah maybe they were watching something like completely different unfold beyond that doorway you know what i mean yeah 
uh, and it was just purely residual. Unfortunately, yeah, we'll never know, but yeah, some mad theories out of that mm-hmm. one thing. And also the rat. <laughs> First of all, I'm not like mad afraid of rats. If somebody has a pet rat or anything, I'll pet it. I'm, I'm cool with that. That's fine. But a giant black rat in my bedroom in the middle of yeah. the night, I'm going to lose my fucking reason. Yeah, like if it's a wild rat, I don't trust it. Although I, I'm pretty sure I told the story on here before. I definitely told someone once. I thought I had a mouse underneath my bed one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is an age story as well. This is going to age me. Anyway, we had had, this was before we converted the garage in our house in Ireland. Is now, a, it's a playroom now. But before it was a playroom, it was just a garage. And uh, we had mice in there. Like when we first moved into the house like 20 years ago. And then like, I think occasionally they would get mice in the kitchen and stuff. Anyway, one night I was like lying in bed, falling asleep. And I heard this scratching sound underneath my bed and I was like oh no like there's mice in my room went downstairs got my dad and all to come up and like check underneath the bed and all nothing no mouse no like sign of mice or anything like that turned out it was my cd walkman my disc man uh, underneath my pillow and yeah. I was like I get I've been sleeping with headphones on for like ever since I was a kid but yes yeah, so it was actually my disc man changing songs because I had it on shuffle mm. like a fucking nerd <laughs> I remember that noise yeah, yeah, and like underneath my pillow with the headphones, I thought it was a mouse. Yeah. I don't think I ever told my dad, though. It does sound like soft <laughs> scratching, yeah. All right, and our last story comes from Monica. First of all, I love your podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've listened to all of your episodes on Apple Podcasts. So good. And I'm sure you've left us a review on Apple Podcasts, along mm. with all the other people who have reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. Okay, so here's my story. Enjoy. Feel free to edit as needed. Roman Ghost Hospitality. That's the title of the story. Last November, 2022. Oh, this is really recently. My mother, sister and I took a girl's trip to Italy. My sister had spent a semester abroad there and spoke enough Italian to get us around and act as our tour, gu- tour guide. My role was that of the acting travel agent. Mom gave us a budget and I ran with it. Nice. <laughs> Where'd you run to? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, mine now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I booked us in a quaint four-star hotel with good reviews in the heart of Rome called Hotel Napoleon. Hmm. It was built inside a big 19th century palace and its windows face sunny interior courtyards. Wow. Nice. It was decorated in the 1870s style. The room was our home for a week while we were in Rome. When we arrived, I called a single bed by the, by the room's front door. I like my own space. My mother and sister shared a large bed. Everything was fine the first night, although I doubt we would have noticed anything that first night anyway. I did sense a presence, but nothing menacing or hostile. So I ignored it. We had a long flight with a layover in London, arrived in Rome, dropped off our bags and went on our first night tour. By the time we got showered and into bed, we all slept like rocks. We were pretty tired every night after exploring beautiful Rome by the time we got back to the room. As luck would have it, I got sick. Sinusitis. I feel your pain. I had that not long ago. It's the worst. Which added to my physical and emotional stress. I've been able to sense spirits since I was a little girl and my grandmother taught me protection prayers and techniques that she always taught me to say when coming into a new space. On the third night, I managed to get my hands on the Italian equivalent of PM sinus Tylenol at a pharmacy near the hotel and I slept great. I tend to sleep with one foot outside of my covers because you are a psycho. Oh my God. What? No. No, I do the same thing. I do the same thing, but like not in a hotel room. 
That's just, <laughs> that's outrageous. I run way too hot, so I have to do that. My mom would sometimes run her finger on the sole of my exposed foot. That's exactly why you don't <laughs> sleep with your foot out, man. And call my name sweetly to wake me. At around 3 a.m., I felt my mom run her finger on the bottom of my foot and call my name. So I asked, Mom, it's still dark. What time is it? Then I hear a response. It's 3 a.m., sweetie, from the foot of my bed. I slept with my phone beside my pillow, so I looked at it to confirm the time, which was 3 a.m. So I asked to sleep for another few hours, since our door wasn't until 10. As I'm having this conversation with who I think was my mother, from the other side of the room, I hear my mom snoring. Immediately, I pulled my foot under the covers and shot up to look for who was talking to me in my mother's voice. There was no one. It was dark. And my mother and sister were deep asleep in their bed. I was surprised but not scared. The vibe in the room was not negative at all. I went back to sleep and later that morning while getting getting ready for breakfast, I asked my mom if she had tried to wake me for any reason the night before. She said, no, not at all. (laughs) So I told them what I had experienced. Later that night, we ended up at one of Rome's hottest bars, Drink Kong. Very retro 80s. That's a pretty cool sounding bar to be honest. Great drinks, food and service, lots of neon and great music. I used the single occupancy ladies room while we waited for drinks. No one was in the hallway before I entered the bathroom and locked the door. And as I was doing my business, the handle began to jiggle. So I shouted, Occupado! The handle continued to jiggle in a very frantic manner. I finished up, washed my hands quickly and opened the door to see who was continuing to try the handle being so impatient. There was no one. I looked up and down the hallway and there was still no one. I opened the door while the handle was still jiggling and was ready to let the person have a piece of my mind. It felt like there was another person on the other side of that door. That did feel that did feel menacing. And I waited until we left to tell my mother and sister, who were having a great time before I shared what happened on the way back to the hotel. Love you, Rome. Thanks for the memories. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it and that you can use it. I anticipated everything for this trip except encountering ghosts. Although I should have known better. It's old. <laughs> I think Fair she point. meant Rome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, actually a really cool story. Yeah. I feel like this is not like a unique theory or anything, but like hotels in general, regardless of how old they are, it's such a, I feel like liminal is like the hot word at the minute mm. in like paranormal. Everything I've been seeing is just like, I feel liminal. Mm. And like the actual definition well, I'm not going to give you, but like the loose definition of liminal is like something in between mm-hmm. states or in between time or in between places. Mm-hmm. And a hotel is just that. Like it's somewhere you go to stay while you are temporarily somewhere. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of a hotel is a liminal thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, don't quote me on that, but like that's where this idea comes from now so even like a brand new like i don't know very generic like ramada inn or whatever people still have mad experiences there and it's just because of all of this stress and anxiety and energy that gets like left behind because people are always either super excited or stressed because they're on vacation you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's the general theory i think Mm. so uh yeah i don't know i'm always like kind of on edge when I get to a hotel room always the best beds I ever sleep on mm-hmm. but uh yeah I'm glad you enjoyed Rome yeah it's, it's on my bucket list I actually really want to go to Rome um and yeah thanks for sending our story 
your story, Monica. And um, I think that about does it. Yeah. Oh, the H.H. Holmes thing. Okay, real quick. This was supposed to be a TikTok, like from a long time ago when we actually did the H.H. Holmes story. Uh, it was something that I just couldn't include at the very end because we had done so much crap. So I said, anyway, I'm going to do it right here. And it's literally, this is from the epilogue of uh, Depraved by Harold Schechter. Though his fortitude in the face of death had gained him the grudging admiration of the press, he continued to live on in the public mind as a creature of supernatural evil. In the months following his execution, this perception seemed confirmed by a bizarre series of misfortunes that befell many of the people involved in his case. It was as if Holmes's demonic spirit had risen from the grave to take vengeance on those who had conspired against him. In rapid succession, Dr. William K. Mattern, the coroner's physician who had been a major witness against him, died of blood poisoning. Both coroner Ashbridge and George Arnold suffered life-threatening illnesses. Superintendent Perkins of Moyamensing Prison committed suicide. Peter Sigrand, the father of Holmes's murdered mistress, Emmeline, was horribly burned in a gas explosion and Detective Frank Geyer was stricken with a serious malady. Not long after, a fire gutted the office of O. LaForest Perry, the claims manager for, Fide for Fidelity Mutual, who had been so instrumental in Holmes's apprehension. All the, all the furnishings and appurtenances in Perry's office were destroyed by the flames except for three framed mementos. The original copy of Holmes's arrest warrant plus two photographic portraits of the world-famous criminal. When Perry's secretary saw these unscathed souvenirs hanging on the wall above the charred, charred ruins of his desk, she begged him to destroy them. By then, people had already been talking about the Holmes's curse. Even those who had given succor to the arch-criminal... Is that the word? Succor? Even those who had given succor to the arch-criminal did not seem immune from it. Several weeks after the hanging... The Reverend Father Henry J. McPake, the young, gentle-faced priest who had helped administer last rites to Holmes and then officiated at his funeral, was found dead in the rear yard of St. Paul's Academy on Christian Street. The coroner named Uremia as the cause of death. That, however, did not explain the heavy bruises on the priest's face and head, or the bloody stains on the backyard fence and the mysterious footprints on the ground beside the corpse. Yet it was the tragic death of Linford Biles that caused even sceptics to wonder if there might be some truth to all the talk about Holmes's malignant influence. On a Saturday morning some weeks after the execution, Biles, the 65-year-old paymaster who had served as the jury foreman, was awakened by a commotion below his bedroom window. Looking outside, he saw a small crowd gathering on the street. They were gesturing upward and shouting something about a fire. Throwing on his clothes, Biles hurried onto the sidewalk. Up on the roof, a bluish flame shot skyward. Biles instantly guessed its source. The crisscrossing wires strung over the house had touched, sparked and ignited his shingles. Those wires had given him trouble before. Within minutes, Biles had run back inside his house, hurried upstairs and climbed onto the roof, intending somehow to move the wires away from the shingles. When his daughter saw what he was up to, she roused her brother, urging him to climb onto the roof and bring the bring their father back inside before he hurt himself, fooling with the wires. The young man did as he was told. Seconds later, the spectators below heard a strange thudding sound on the roof, then an ominous silence. By then the police had arrived. Climbing onto the roof, they found the bodies of the father and son stretched out side by side. 
The younger Biles was still breathing, but the father, who had accidentally come in direct contact with the live wires, had been electrocuted. His left hand was scorched, his forehead blackened, his left foot badly burned. As news of the tragedy spread, neighbours gathered outside the house. One of these was Mrs Crowell, an old woman who had been present two years before, when the same wires had nearly started a major fire. She had sent something sinister on that occasion and had feared that Mr Biles would come to a bad end. Now that her dark presentiment had been realised, she could only shake her head in wonder. I read in the papers where Holmes said he was starting to look like the devil, the old woman told a reporter for the Philadelphia Times who had arrived to investigate reports that the curse had claimed another victim. Now I'm thinking he didn't just look like the devil, but really was one in fact. In the coming years, other men who'd had dealings with Holmes would meet violent ends. One of those was Marion Hedgepeth. In September of 1907, Hedgepeth was arrested for blowing a safe in Omaha, Nebraska. He was found guilty and sentenced to 10 years in jail. Released after only two, largely because he was dying of tuberculosis, he immediately assembled a new gang and held up a Chicago saloon at midnight on New Year's Eve 1910. As Hedgepeth was stuffing the loot into a burlap sack, a policeman walked through the door. Hedgepeth went for his gun, but the policeman drew first. He died with a bullet in his chest. And then also Patrick Quinlan, uh, Holmes's quote, caretaker, the dude who looked after the hotel after Holmes went missing, um, died of suicide years later. Just a dried up old man. He drank strychnine. But anyway, I included it because uh, it's been sitting there for a long time and when Miss Random Notes mentioned the story, I was like, it's time that I just tell this and get it out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Right on. And... uh, We'll see you next week. Yep. Bye-bye.